0: Hey, thanks for joining us today on the For the Bible Tells Me So podcast. My name is Riley. I'm so glad you're here. If this is your first time, welcome. You're jumping right into a series that we've been doing for the past few weeks called Blessings Behind Bars. Blessings Behind Bars. This series is all about the book of Philippians in Scripture, and it's called Blessings Behind Bars because the Apostle Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter to the Philippian church. And we're just taking a look today at this book and asking God, man, what would you say to us thousands of years later after this letter had been written? What are the truths in this letter and how can we be encouraged in our faith today? And I believe God has so many things to say to us from this letter, but today I believe the word is all about building the church, building the church. You know, I don't know Maybe I don't know who you are. Maybe I do know who you are. Um, But in any event, I know one thing about you, whether or not I've met you or have known you um, for a while. I know this. I know that you love people. You may not love all people, but I know you love someone. And maybe you have a hard time in your life thinking through, how do I pray for the people that I love? Well, today what we're going to see is that the Apostle Paul in his love for the church, prays a prayer of blessing over them to see them built up in their faith and protecting their faith so that they can grow as a church together through good times and through hard times. And my prayer is that, you know, as you hear about this prayer, that you're encouraged in your faith as you approach God in prayer to pray for the people that you love and for their future, and for their lives. So I'm going to just read to you Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11, and then we'll break it down a little bit. This is the prayer that Paul prayed for the Philippian church as he was asking God for them to be built up in their faith. He says this, It's my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I've never built a house before but i do know that if you're going to start a building project you got to have a few things in place i believe there's three essential elements to any project if you want to see something go from nothing to something and that's this if you want to build a house or something then you have to acquire some kind of property some kind of land for that building to be on top of you also need some kind of building blocks, some kind of materials to build the structure that you're hoping to see. And then you need to have the right team, the right protocols in place. You need to have fencing to protect the project. You have to have all these different measures in place to protect from bad decisions and make sure that you have the right people at the right time accomplishing what you want to see done. You have to have the, the land You have to have the materials and the wisdom to know how to construct the team and the project. And I don't know if Paul, you know, was a builder of buildings. We learn in scripture that he was a tent maker. Uh, But I think that he knew the core foundational elements for anything to be built and sustained for the future. And I believe that he's using this kind of knowledge to pray for the Philippian church. And I think I know that because when you look at his his prayer here, you see that he is asking God for a, a widened capacity for the Philippians. He's asking for the building blocks of faith to be put in place and the understanding to know how to safeguard their lives from evil and from bad teaching. And so what I want to show you right now are six elements of of this prayer that you can actually adapt for yourself and use to pray for your friends and for your family as well. The first thing is this. We're talking about the capacity, the the land, the, the area for growth, okay? We're talking about love. Notice here that Paul says, I'm asking God that your love may abound more and more. This is where the project really begins. This is where life really begins. It's built on love. And I think Paul knew something very specific about love. He knew that if love isn't growing, if it's not expanding, if it's not going deeper, higher, wider, bigger, then it's dying. I believe that's why he says, I'm praying that your love may abound more and more. Not just enough. Not just to, you know, the limit. He's saying more and more. I want your lives to be overflowing with love for each other. He's not praying just for enough love. He's actually praying for too much love. And I love this because this feels like it's right in line with the ministry of Jesus. When you go back to Matthew 14 and you, you read the story about Jesus feeding the 5,000, what you read about is Jesus taking this fish and this bread. It was enough to feed a little child. He takes it. He blesses it. He breaks it and distributes it. And what happens? you know the story every single person who was in attendance was filled with food over 5,000 people but they weren't just sustained with like some kind of like granola bar or rx bars to get them through to the next you know destination no these people were filled up they weren't just filled up they were satisfied and they weren't even just satisfied they were stuffed they were so stuffed, they, they actually couldn't put all the food inside their bodies, so much so that there was actually 12 baskets fulls of food left over. And I know that there are some different implications for maybe why there's 12 and all that stuff with the baskets, but this is the main principle I want you to see from this story, is that our God, Jesus, he is a God of abundance. He's a God who doesn't hold back. He's a God whose love goes beyond what you can expect and imagine He is the God who produces more than we anticipate I believe that Paul is praying this for the Philippians because Jesus's ministry and his life it the the capacity the the width and the breadth of his ministry it was just unstoppable it was so wide so big that eventually when he went to the cross his love and his energy, his body, his blood was enough of a sacrifice for us to where the whole world could be forgiven of sin. And so the love from Jesus's life overflowed so that even more ministry could happen from his life. I believe that Paul here is looking at the Philippian church and saying, church, I want you to keep going. I'm praying that your love would abound more and more so that even more can happen from your life. So he's praying for the capacity of love to expand. And with what, right? Like what else is Paul praying here? He says, I want your love to abound more and more with knowledge, with knowledge. If you go back to the the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this is a book that Paul also authored. He talks about knowledge as a spiritual gift. He's not talking about just Head smarts about intellect, about going to a great school, so you can become more smart and with full of knowledge. He's not talking about that. What he's talking about right here is a gift given to the church by the Spirit. Here's a working definition for the the spiritual gift of knowledge that he's talking about here. This is the special ability that God gives to certain members of the body of Christ to discover, accumulate analyze and clarify information and ideas which are pertinent to the well-being of the body. Paul's not praying here for a greater mind, but he's praying for the, the health of the body of believers. What Paul is praying about right here are the, the words of faith, the words of knowledge, the ability to see what's happening and to insert God's knowledge into that situation so that the church can be built up and become stronger, become stronger. I think in my life about some people who I identify as voices of faith in my life. There's a lot of voices out there, right, who are voices of doubt, concern, fear. Those are really easy to find. But when you find someone in the church who's a voice of faith, someone who knows God's word, someone who can see your situation and be like, hey, I understand what you're going through and so does God. Check out this verse that helped me when I was going through the same situation that you're going through. When you have those kind of people in your life who deposit God's knowledge and goodness into your life, man, that is the building blocks of faith, the building blocks of the church. This is what leads to so much health inside of a congregation of Jesus followers. Paul is saying here, I want your love to abound more and more with knowledge. May it be huge and full of the material that will lead to the project being built. So with knowledge. And then he wants them to grow with the love, with the knowledge, and with all discernment all discernment. If you go back to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 again, you'll see that this is another spiritual gift that Paul talks about with the church. Here's the working definition for the gift of discernment. This is the special ability that God gives to certain Christians to clearly recognize and distinguish between the influence of God, Satan, the world, and and the flesh in any given situation. So Paul's prayer here is that the church would be built up with discernment so that they could weed out corrupt teaching and motives for the sake of leading the church into grace-filled teaching and motives. This is the kind of stuff you know you think about maybe someone who you know isn't easily taken off guard, somebody who has like a great spidey sense for stuff that feels off, feels inauthentic, all that. You know, that's a great skill to have. But what Paul is talking about here is something much more deeper than that. It's not just sniffing out the crap that you hear in people's speech or anything like that. What he's talking about here is the motive. What is the intention here? Is this motivated by the Spirit of God or is this motivated by the flesh? Is this motivated by faith or fear? And these are the people, man, when they're operating in this gift, that protect the church. We need those voices of faith to build up the church, and we need these voices of discernment to help protect the church. You know, I think about sometimes how I'll go into one of our pastor's offices. His name's Pastor Jeff. He's an older pastor who's gone through so much, and I know that when I go in to talk to him, that he's going to be able to help me with whatever I have on my plate. And sometimes I'll go into his office and, you know, I'll have some kind of concern that I'm thinking through a project that I want to see happen or a relationship that I want to see resolved. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll start talking to him and he'll kind of look at me and hear what I'm saying. I'll be like, man, I want to see this happen and I want to go here and do this. And he'll just look at me. He'll cross his arms and lean back in his chair a little bit and He'll take a moment and he'll say, I hear what you're saying, but tell me about your relationship with your dad. How does it feel to have gone through life without your dad? Tell me what that's done to affect your life. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, Jeff, I'm not even trying to talk to you about my dad right now. But now that you asked, let me break down and cry and tell you that's the real reason why all this stuff is hitting the fan in my life. These are the kind of voices we need who maybe hear what we're saying. But then upon hearing it, they're like, you know what? They say this is what's going on, but the Spirit of God is telling me that there's actually something deeper happening inside this person's heart. This is the gift of discernment in action. And we, we sometimes hate this gift because it calls us out on you know our own emotions and our own intentions, and it can be a little bit embarrassing at times, but it's not for the sake of embarrassment or tearing someone down or making them feel bad. This is all for the purpose of being able to see what's wrong and insert faith with love, insert knowledge with love. So Paul here, man, he is talking about a full-front attack on seeing the church being built up, growing strong, being able to survive anything. If their love is big, if they're filled with words of knowledge from God, if they are discerning people, protecting the faith, man, who can stop them? And this is the kind of stuff that you can be praying for, for your friends and for your family and for your church. You can also pray this for yourself, but my encouragement is for you to kind of step into Paul's shoes a little bit and to pray for the people around you. Think about that person who comes to mind when you think about the person that you love. Who is that person who means so much to you? Who's the person who's seen you through the thick and thin? Who is that? Now think about the last time you prayed for that person. What were your prayers like? Have you even prayed for that person before? Have you lacked the words to know what to pray? Have you kind of maybe prayed for them because they asked you to, you know, ask God for something on their behalf, and once you finish praying for that, you're like, I'm kind of out of words, I don't know what else to pray. I encourage you, take up this prayer that Paul prayed for the church because as you do so, what you're actually engaging in is the building effort of that person's life. And as they become healthy in their life, man, the people around them will become healthy as as they are. They'll become healthy too. So we're praying, man, that God would build and protect, Right. But what's the result of these prayers? It's one thing to pray and ask God to do these things, but what might you hope to see happen in that person's life that you're praying for? Well, there's some very direct outcomes for the prayer requests that we've just been talking about. When you pray for someone to grow in knowledge, the result of that is what Paul says here that they will approve what is excellent. Approve what is excellent. As people are being filled with the knowledge of God's word, as they're being filled with faith, the natural response is to approve what is excellent. Now that word excellent is really interesting because it's translated a little bit differently in uh, a few different translations. Maybe if you have your Bible with you and you're looking at Philippians 1 right now, You'll say, oh man, my Bible says something different than excellence. That's okay. Basically, what this word is trying to get at, kind of in the original Greek, is this be better. Be better. This word excellent is be better. So, what Paul is saying here is like, I want you to grow in knowledge so that you may approve what is be better, what will be better for the church what will be better for your life for the people around you isn't this great because man sometimes in life when we're not growing in faith and in knowledge oftentimes we just kind of look inside we become inward we our our thoughts don't go to places that are of health they kind of go to places that are not so good and those places don't lead to excellence they lead to temptation, they lead to fear, they lead to discouragement, they lead to all kinds of emotions and outcomes that would not lead to life or anything that's better for you or for the growth of the church. So Paul's saying here, man, grow it in truth so that you may approve what is excellent, what will make you better. And then, you know, he's also saying, I want you to grow in discernment so that you can be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. I love that. Grow in your discernment so that you can be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. This is the direct outcome of being a discerning person. If you can be operating in that gift to see what your core intentions are, your motives are, your desires are, and if you can see those things, maybe the things that are off and commit those to God, and really focus in on, man, I want to have a heart and I want to have desires and intentions that are aligned to God. And when you're in that place of alignment with God, then you will be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Now that word pure here, when you hear about the word purity in church, um, maybe if you've been a Christian for a long time, you've heard the word purity and you're natural Thought, your first thing that you're thinking about is okay, Riley is going to start talking about sexual purity, sexual integrity. And yes, of course, that is a part of being pure and blameless before Christ. But right here, I think Paul is actually talking about something that's a bit more general in scope. He's talking about something that is genuine. If you look at the original Greek, the word there for pure really is genuine. It's like like this idea if you hold something up in the light, you'll actually be able to see if it's authentic or inauthentic. I think about my early college days. I used to take a lot of film photographs. And there's a process when you shoot film where you load your camera, you shoot your photos, you get into the dark room, you're developing your role. And there's this moment after hours of shooting photos and developing where you take the film reel out you squeegee it down and you hold it up to the light and you see man did these negatives really turn out are there really photos on this role and so I've, I've had roles where you hold it up and there's nothing there something bad happened during the process and you start to think man I just believed a lie for the past like few hours like nothing even really happened this is so inauthentic but there are moments, man, when you pull out that reel, you you squeeze it off, you hold up to the light, and you see all the photos that you took, and you're like, wow, that's authentic. Nobody can argue that these photos have been taken and that I produced this. That is what Paul is talking about here when he's talking about being pure for the day of Christ. Jesus is looking into your heart and into your life. And, I mean, kind of spoiler alert, He's looking at it right now. There's no hiding from his sight and his understanding of who you are. He knows you fully. And he is looking for authenticity, he's looking for a genuine style of faith. That's why Paul is praying this for the Philippians. He's like, man, guys, I want, when Jesus looks at you, I want him to see a genuine Jesus follower. Someone who is authentic, who's the same on the inside as they are on the outside. That's what Jesus is looking for. And someone who is blameless as well. This is a word that means having nothing to do with any kind of relationship towards sin. It's, it's that you haven't been led into sin, you haven't given into sin, and you, and you haven't led anyone else into sin. This is a lifestyle of what we call in the Christian faith righteousness that you're full of right living. You're pursuing right relationships with yourself, with your neighbor, with God, and with creation. And so Paul is looking at them and saying, man, be full of discernment so that you can be pure and genuine, so that you can be someone who is without a track record of sin. You can be someone who's not leading people into sin, but into right living with God. And through all of this, You'll be building up the church. And all this kind of accumulates into this last phrase that Paul says here this is the, the sixth thing. He is praying all of this so that they can produce fruit from their lives. He's, he's saying, I want, I want to see all of this happen in your life that your love would expand more and more. They'd be filled with knowledge. They'd be full of discernment man, so you can love others, so you can build the faith, so you can protect yourself against sin and be filled with the righteousness that comes through Jesus. This is so rad because the word filled here literally means to cram. You know, I think about when I stuff a pillow into a pillow bag, there's always this moment, like when I'm putting my pillow in my pillow bag where I'm like, this is not going to fit. Like, I know I bought this pillowcase and this pillow, but there's just no way that this thing's going to really fit. But you know, you punch it in, you squish it in, you cram it, you shake it out, you throw it on the bed, and it really, really does fill up. This is what God is doing with righteousness into your life. If you're a follower of Jesus, if you pursue him daily, this is what God is trying to do. He's trying to cram and stuff your life full of righteousness. So as you grow in love, as you're pursuing knowledge as you're operating in discernment. He's going to be filling your life with the righteous acts of love, approving what is excellent, what will be better for the church, man, and, f- and filling you up with purity and blamelessness. This is what God is doing in your life. This is what Paul is praying for, for the Philippian church. He just wants to see them grow and blow up for the kingdom. And I would encourage you just with a couple last things before I let you go here. One is to be praying this for your friends, for your family, for your co-workers. Pray for them that they would grow in these giftings, that they would grow in the results that God longs to see happen in their lives. Because what you're doing in that moment as you're praying for God's blessings in their lives through these gifts of knowledge and discernment and love, is you're actually praying for them as a person to become more wholly integrated into the life of Jesus. And when someone is aligned to the heart of Jesus, when they are immersed in his teachings and full of his word, when they're operating in the spirit, the world around them can only be changed for the better. It can only be changed for the better. But this kind of prayer also leads to a greater vision for the people in our lives. Because oftentimes what we do when we're praying for someone is we're praying that, you know, God would bring comfort right now, that God would give, you know, guidance for a decision right now, that God would bring healing right now. And all those things are great and wonderful. I pray those things all the time. I believe Paul prayed those kind of prayers as well. But when you're praying for someone's, for someone to operate in the giftings in the future so that they can accomplish more for the kingdom of God in the future, then what you're doing is you're not just praying for them right now, but you're praying for them tomorrow. You're praying for them in the future. You're praying for them as they engage with maybe their future spouse or their their future kids, or their future employer, or whoever it might be. You are going to bat for their future and what God has called them to do. So this takes you right into a place of camaraderie for the long haul. Pray these prayers and enter into that kind of intercessory style of prayer with the people around you, and and God will do amazing things things in their lives. And my last word for you, man, is I just got to encourage you to please, as God leads you into knowledge, as he leads you into discernment and into love, please listen to God. Please follow him and be obedient as he guides you into those actions. Because let me be honest, I need you to be operating in love and and in knowledge, and discernment. My faith needs you. I need that strength from God's Spirit through you. Our churches need you to be willing to open up your mouth, to pray these kind of prayers, to be confident in God's Spirit leading you, because as you do so, what you're doing is this. You are building the church. You are expanding the property, the land in a sense for, for the body of Christ to grow. And you are protecting the church with these words of discernment. So I'm asking you, man, to be faithful to what God puts in your heart because this is not just for you, okay? And it is not just for your friend. This is for the health and the livelihood of the church. We are all in this together, and you are an incredible part of that by the grace of and empowerment of God's spirit. Hey, I love you guys today. I'm gonna be praying these things over you. Even if I don't know you, I'm gonna be praying that your love abounds more and more with knowledge and all discernment. Have a great day, guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being here today come back next tuesday for a new episode here of the for the bible tells me so podcast check the show notes for info about following and interacting with the young adult ministry throughout the week during shelter in place we hope to see you soon